thank you for this. We give you honor, praise, in Jesus' name. Everybody agree with that? Say amen. amen. I want to talk to you this morning. Our title is this, On the Way to the Cross. Man, what happened as Jesus was on his way to the cross? You say, what do you mean on his way to the cross? He knew that he was on his way to the cross. He knew why he came to the earth. He knew what his mission was. And so as we go back in the one-year Bible, write these days down. Because I want you to be able to go back and see them even after today. But February 26th. February 28th, and then March 2nd. Those are dates that I will be highlighting as we go through, just going back so you can begin to see, oh, man, it's right there. All right, so that's February 26th, February 28th, and then March 2nd. But I will be sharing with you three phases. Everybody say phases. Because what we mean by phases is simply this. As Jesus was on his way to the cross, there's three things I want to point out to you that was happening during that time. And the first one will be Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. Wow. I mean, here he is telling and going to tell his disciples and everyone around him what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen to his life. That's one. And we'll talk about that phase this morning. Well, the second one we're going to talk about, and that's on Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. Come on, as Jesus came in and they were crying out, Hosanna, as he came into the city, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. We're going to talk about that as well. And then lastly, on Resurrection Sunday. Man, we're going to talk about and share with you the betrayal, the absolute betrayal, arrest, death, and then resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I'm excited about that. So let's begin today. On the road, listen, on the road to the cross, I want you to turn to Mark, Mark's gospel, and let's look at gospel, Mark's gospel, chapter 8, verse 27 through 38, as we begin to move through this together. Mark 8, 27 through 38, and we'll follow along as we go. I have the New King James. I'll be reading that for you. And we're, gonna, we're finding ourselves reading initially where Peter begins to, he's sharing in this verse, he confesses Jesus as Christ, beginning in verse 27. So let's begin reading together, and then we'll begin to see what Jesus says and how it leads up to, everything we're talking about is how it leads up to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it says here, now Jesus and his disciples went out, listen, to the towns of Caesarea and Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, everybody say, on the road. So we can see he's on the road, and I like to say on the road to the cross. So he's on the road, and he asked his disciples, saying to them, Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Can you see that? And then he goes on and says, Peter answered, Oh, man. Peter, you know, he's going to be the one that's going to stand out in the crowd. And he has this revelation. He says, You are the Christ. Think about that. He says, you are the Christ. Then, listen, he strictly warned them, that's Jesus, that they should tell no one about him. But then let's go on. Verse 31. This is where Jesus is now sharing with them what's going to happen, really his mission and why he came to the earth. He says this, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected. Everybody say rejected. You see, Jesus knew he was going to be rejected. 
He knew that. But then it goes on and says this, by the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed. Not only rejected, but also be killed. And three days, listen, and after three days, rise again. So he spoke this word openly. Then Peter, notice this, Peter again, it says right here, took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked, Jesus is looking, and he says at his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And what is he saying right here? You see, the truth of the matter is Peter was seeking comfort. He wanted to comfort Jesus. Oh, it's like, Jesus, not all this, this is not going to happen to you. Not realizing that that was man's thinking. You see, that was, that's, that's what he's saying from his his. His respect of like, you know, I love you and I want, to comf- I want to comfort you. I want to encourage you. This is not so. Don't say this is so. But then Jesus said, listen, as he rebuked him, but when he rebuked him for this purpose, because he realized that Peter was talking as man would be talking, not to fulfill the purpose that God had for Jesus. And Jesus sought conquest. He sought conquest for the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus was saying. So here's the thought. As we continue to read, do you know what? Jesus began to influence those around him to do what? To follow him. To follow him. So on his road to the cross, on this road to the cross, now Jesus begins those to follow him. What did he say? He said what? Take up the cross or take up your cross. Let's look together here at verse 34. Are you there? Notice what he says. When he had called the people to himself, With his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will, a, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. We have a responsibility as Jesus was sharing with his disciples and all those who were following him to take up our cross. Everybody say, take up my cross. And that simply means I have a responsibility that I, I realize that as I give my life away, what's going to happen is it looks like I'm losing, but I'm actually gaining. You see, and that's the difference between, I like to say it this way, between man's economy and God's economy. Because man will say, oh, no, when you give something away, you're not going to get it back. But all oh, when you give your life away, God gives it back in such a richer and meaningful way than ever before. But we have to take up our cross and follow him. You know, there's going to be days where you'll be persecuted. There's going to be times where people will talk about you because you say, I'm a Christian. There'll be times where people, they don't want to be around you because you may come to work or you may go to school and you have your Bible in your hand and they may stay away from you. Oh man, that's a you know, Bible thumper or something of that nature. But listen, that's, that's taking up your cross and being willing to share Jesus wherever you are. On the streets, in the grocery store, at the gas station. Come on, not just in church. You see, because I'm telling you what, I mean, if, if there was, if you were arrested, and we were arrested, and people say, I'm arresting all those who are Christians. The question I would say to many people, how many, how many would be arrested? Because how many people would know? How many would say, I am a Christian? 
You see what I'm saying? It's like, oh, no. Oh. But see, we have to identify. If we're a Christian, come on, we're a Christian. If we're believers, then we're believers. If we're to take up our cross, then let's take up our cross and let's follow him. Let's do what Jesus did. All right? Let's lay our lives down for others. Come on, as he laid his life down for us. Well, let's go on. And then you'll see, turn with me into the Gospel of Mark as you're there. Let's flip over to chapter 9. I find something also significant on the way to the cross. Jesus is constantly teaching. You would think that, that and we would have an attitude like, oh, no, he's saying, man, I'm, gonna, I'm going to the cross. I, I'm, I know all my purposes. I, people are going to talk about me. They're going to they're gonna do all this. They're going to spit on me. You know, they're going to do all this stuff. They're going to beat me. But you know what? He didn't stop. They're going to kill me, but he didn't stop teaching. He didn't stop. Listen, what God, the Father, the plan he gave him, he continued on the course. He stayed focused. Everybody say focus. I like to say he stayed focused on the mission at hand, what God had formed to do. So on the way to the cross, notice this in Mark chapter nine, verse one. And I'm going to continue to read and then we'll stop there. This is the account of Jesus is transfigured on the mount. Here he's going. He just taught him what? Take up your cross. And then also now notice as they continue to go on. Verse one. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Verse two. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John and led them up on high on high, says a mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured, say transfigured. He was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no laundry on earth can, listen, can whiten them. And Elijah, this is so great, man. And Elijah appeared to, to them and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Man, what were they talking about? You know, I don't know what they were talking about. But this, I mean, what were they? Think about it. I'm like, man, that's so cool. What are they talking about? Were they, were they encouraging Jesus? Were they strength, trying to strengthen him? I mean, what conversation did they have with the Lord? So, so exciting to begin to, you know, many scholars will say this. Many scholars will speculate that. But just the fact that he, had a, he was having a conversation with Elijah and Moses and, they were, and Jesus. Then it says this. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi. It is good for us to be here and let us know who said Peter. You see that here's Peter again. And he said, and then he says, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say. I mean, what do you say in that moment? Like, man, he's going like, this is amazing. Hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and let's set up, you know, let's, let's, let's just do this and set up a tabernacle here. But then he goes on and says this. Listen, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. Wow. And a cloud. And here's what I want you to see. Now, this is an affirmation. A cloud. Everybody say cloud. A cloud. Listen, and, and listen, came and overshadowed all of them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Suddenly. When they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Now, as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen 
till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So he's giving them instructions again. Here's a mountain of transfiguration, but he said, listen, listen, boys, I don't want you to go tell anyone what you've seen until I have risen Again, why do, you, why, do you, why do you think he said that? What do you, how can we speculate? Because, you know, you think about Jesus saying, don't do this, don't do that. Can you imagine that all of a sudden the news goes abroad and all out here, and then guess what? They're trying to come and to, do a, to, to try to stop him from doing what he's called to do, trying to, to hinder him from the timing in which he's supposed to do it. It's all part of God's master plan. So he says, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. And then also it goes on and says this here. Let's continue. And now as they came down again, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising, listen, listen, what the rising from the dead meant. Like, what, what, is, what, what does that mean? What rising from the dead? What does that mean? And Jesus had been telling them all along what was going to happen. He predicted, didn't he? Talked about his death. He talked, he talked about this, his burial, his death and resurrection. Let's go on. All right. Let's go to verse 30. Same chapter. I want you to see this on the way to the cross. Notice what's being unfolded. Notice how Jesus is teaching and he's sharing with them, giving them input, giving them insight. We can see here now he's talking about greatness. The way to greatness. What do we think the way to greatness is? What would the world say the way to greatness is? Can I tell you that the world would say the way to greatness is, man, you know what? Whatever you got to do to get on top, just go ahead and do it. Come on now. Whatever you got to do to climb that corporate ladder, you just go ahead and do it. Forget about everybody else. That means if you've got to lie, if you've got to steal, if you've got to cheat your way up, you go ahead and do it. That's what the world says. But you see, you're going to understand now, we're going to begin to see as Jesus is teaching on the way to the cross. Now he's teaching them about being great. What does it mean to be great in the kingdom of God? Everybody say to be great. great. Oh, I love it. And so let's look together. We're going to see here in verse 30, the way to greatness is what I call this. The way to greatness. Verse 30 says in Mark chapter 9. Notice. They departed from there and passed through Galilee. Now they're in Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know it. For he taught his disciples and said to them, listen to this. The son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. Is this not the second time? This is the second time that Jesus, on the way to the cross, is sharing with them what's going to happen, what's going to take place. And as he continues, let's, let's, let's read here together. Let's talk about who's the greatest. So now all of a sudden what rose up as we begin to see here in these verses, who's the greatest? And I like reading this in verse 33, and we'll go on. Who is the greatest? Well, it says here in verse 33, then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what, what is, listen, what is, what is it that you're disputing amongst yourselves? So can you imagine that the disciples now are arguing? They're having a dispute. They're discussing these things like, you know, you know pretty much like Jesus saying, but what are you talking about? And then he comes upon them and notice what he says. What, was, what is your dispute among yourselves on the road? What's going on? But they kept silent. See, they didn't want to tell him. <laughs> no, we don't want you to know what we're talking about. But he asked them. 
And he says, and he goes on and says, but they kept silent for on the road, he says, they had disputed amongst themselves. Notice who would be the greatest. Wow. Then he goes on and says this. And he sat down. Listen, call the 12. In other words, he's saying, this is the time to teach, boys. Come on over here. Let me teach you some things about the greatest. And then he said this. If anyone desires to be first, everybody say first. He shall be last of all the servants of all. Wow. Does that sound like the world? No, that's the opposite. See, the world says be first. But God is saying, listen, if that's all your desire, you say, if that's your desire and that's all you're seeking and your motive is just for that, you shall be last. That's how the kingdom of God operates. And then it goes on and says this here. And then he says, you'll be servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him on the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me in, listen, but him who sent me. Wow. So he's saying, if you want to be great, then we have to take on, as you would say, the, the, the attitude or like a child, a little child. Now, what is it? What, when we talk about children, I mean, they're so innocent, you know, uh, they, they, their attitude and, and the way they see things is so different than adults, yeah. right? And like, if you tell them something and if you give them your word, what's going to happen? They expect you to keep your word. They believe you. If you say, hey, you know, when we come home today, we're going to have this wonderful meal together. Now, for them, it may not be the most wonderful meal for you, but to them, it may be, man, a, a grilled cheese sandwich. It may be mac and cheese. I mean, I don't know, but whatever their favorite is, they're like, man, you said it, and you're going to keep your word. So soon as you come in the door, what are they expecting? They're like, just here, come on, let's get, that, let's get that sandwich out. Let's get that mac and cheese going, right? And then all of a sudden, you don't do it. Ooh. Okay, I'm a little tired. Okay, I'll, I'll get, I'll get, let me just lay down. And they may say first time, like, okay, all right, mommy's tired, daddy's tired, all right. But then guess what? They're going to come back. Okay, all right, is it time? Are you, are you, are you up? Why? Right, I'm waiting on, my, waiting on that grilled cheese. Wait, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they have an expectation. And not only that, but guess what? They will believe you. Let me say it this way, at face value. If you tell them that you're going to do something, they believe you. That's just humility. That's just faith. And Jesus is saying that, listen, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, then we should have faith like this little child, like children that just believes and takes God at his word. Say at his word. And so think about it, how, how we should be just like little children and say, God, you said this, and I take you at your word, and I believe that I shall receive. That's how we should approach the things of God. That's how we should receive from God. Think about it. Now, especially now, if we have grandbabies, come on. Now, you know. I mean, it's over then, okay? Those who are grandparents, man, I mean, they just got to look at you. He said, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? It's just, they don't even have to say anything. I'm just telling you. It's just something that they just get to your heart. All right? But then Jesus goes on, and he says something else. Let's continue. Let's go over, as you begin to see, instructed how to receive, and we begin to read this. But uh, let's go over to Mark chapter 10. Let's look at a couple of verses, verses 13 through 16 first, and then we'll continue. Verses 13 to 16. And here's, here's what Jesus is saying as he continues. He blesses the little children. Say bless. Notice this. He says, 
Then he, then he brought this little, the little children to him that he might touch them. But Listen, but the disciples, notice, rebuked those who brought them. Wow. Why did they do that? Why did they want to stop the children from coming to Jesus? Well, it says, but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such, notice, is the kingdom of God. He's describing the kingdom of God. He's describing it in a way that such as a little child who just believes and has faith of such is the kingdom of God. This disturbed him. And then verse 15 says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will, no, listen, by no means enter in it. Man, he's teaching. He's teaching on his way. Listen, on the road. Everybody say Road. So he's on the way to the cross, on the road, the way to the cross. He's still teaching. Now, he knows what's ahead of him. He knows what's going to take place. But he still took the time to teach his disciples. He said, listen, it's not about me. I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Even though he knows at the end of that road is a cross that he has to bear. But he did not stop teaching. He did not stop instructing he did not stop helping them regardless of what was going to take place in his own life wow let's continue let's look at now verses in the same chapter verse 27 through 31 here's encouragement everybody say encouragement man do i mean who doesn't want to be encouraged? I like to be encouraged. Do you like to be encouraged? I mean, if you do something good, and I mean, it's a good thing. Like someone says, hey, you did a great job. There's nothing wrong with that. Be encouraged. We should encourage one another. We should encourage our children. We should encourage our coworkers. Say, hey, man, that's a great job. We encourage one another. And so now we're going to begin to see, as, as we're talking about encouragement, that we need to be encouraged because sometimes what happens is this. Times may see a little, seem to be sometimes a little hard. It may seem sometimes when I'm just going and I'm going, I'm just doing and I'm doing, and it seems like there's no results. It seems like, man, is, are things going to change? And we have to stay with God. I mean, there's difficulties sometimes in our lives, and sometimes there's difficulties that you did not bring upon yourself. Difficulties may come because others, for some reason or some way, somehow have chosen to make it hard for you. But what do we do? I mean, how do we respond to that? You know, how, how do we, you know, when we look at things and we say, man, it just seems like, man, this is totally and completely impossible. I don't see how this is going to happen. I don't see how my life is going to change. I don't even see the results either of me coming to church. And, and what's the use of all that? When we get to that point, I mean, sometimes we just get right to that point. Are you with me? You know what I'm saying? We get there. So now let me, let me encourage you as we look at verses 27. This is Mark 10, 27. Let's look here at 31. And notice what it says here. I'm going to actually start in verse 23. Is that okay? 23 says this. Thank you for that one okay. <laughs> Listen, with God, all things are possible. Notice this. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Notice he says, and the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches? Do you see the difference there? Come on now. To enter the kingdom of God. 
In other words, he went on and, and actually began to explain a little bit further. And then he says this here. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they didn't understand that at that time. They're thinking, what? I mean, wow, how can this happen? But then they, then they were astonished. And he says this here, and, and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, then who can be saved? Who can be saved? But notice what it says in verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men, notice, it is impossible, but not with God. Hallelujah. For with God, come on, say it with me, all things are possible. Say it again. With God, all things are possible. One more time. With God, all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Now, maybe, maybe sometimes, I mean, if you're in the ministry, you know people who've been in the ministry or those who are those who have said, not just in the ministry, but those who have made a decision that I'm going to follow Christ. And sometimes it seems like, come on, sometimes it feels like I've left everything, I mean, to follow you. I left everything. I mean, and it seems like there's no difference because you know what? We're looking. We're looking through our eyes, you see, and following the Lord. But I will tell you whether it's ministry or just following God and just being obedient and staying with God. And sometimes because things appear to be, listen, looking different than what you thought they would be. Understand this, that God is on your side. God is with you. God's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. All right. Are you with me? But we have to learn how to stay by the stuff. What I mean by that, we have to learn to stay faithful. We have to learn how to believe God, regardless of what's happening around us. Let's not go by what we see. The scripture says that we should walk by faith. Come on. And not by sight. Amen. And it's so easy. Now, come on. I know it is. It can be so easy to do what? To walk by sight and not by faith. Yeah. Because it seems like that which is standing in front of me, man, it's more real than faith. But those things I want to tell you that are standing in front of you that appears to be in your way. Guess what? They're temporary and they're subject to change. When you believe God and trust God, they will change. But don't give up on God. Come on, stay with God. Trust God. Believe God. But then notice as we continue to read this. I mean, this is what he's saying. He says, man, I've left everything. I followed you. But Jesus said this. Assuredly, I say to you, he's saying, listen, there is no one who has left house or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands. Man, he covered it all, did he not? <laughs> Golly. Then he says, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. Listen, but notice, with persecutions. Hmm. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first, here it is again, the kingdom way, many who are first will be last. And the last first. Wow. Here's our last one, our last thought. Turn with me to, or move right on over. We're going to continue to go down a little bit. But look at verse 32. I want you to see this as we continue. I want to talk about serving. Do you know, just being kind, how many have ever, I've never actually had the opportunity to be a waiter. Have any of you ever been a waiter or you've been a waitress? Wow. So, I mean, okay, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I watch, 
And I would think, man, it's kind of hard. Not the part about talking to people, but you got to make sure you get the order right. You know, and here you are. You're the middle person that's trying to get the order and bring it back, you know, to the kitchen. So they put your little ticket up there and they're, they're clocking you right then, man. And then all of a sudden, you know, trying to get everything out. Then you got to keep the, listen, you got to keep the, the glasses full of water. You got to make sure everybody has everything. And you may not just be working one table. You're going to be working more than one, multiple tables. You see, serving. That's just what we would call serving, natural serving. And you say, now, how many have ever had great service when you've gone out to eat? How many not so much at some time? Yeah. So I tell you what, you can remember that, too. You go, wow, you left, you enjoyed your meal, but you say, man, when I finally got it, but, but that service was not good. Right? And some of, us, some of us would say, that person needs to get another job. I mean, come on, you start thinking about that. But you know what I say? That could have been that person's first day on the job. You never know. All right. But serving, learning how to serve people. Jesus now, listen, on the way to the cross is going to teach him about serving. Teach him about serving. And this is so important. So what was the first thing that he taught him? Remember when we covered what's in your notes? Somebody help me out. We talked about this. A. What did he say? Jesus. Okay. See, Jesus talked about, listen, he talked about, he predicts, right, his death and resurrection. Right. And then he talked about in that, he said, take up your cross. Are you with me? Okay, And then he talked about the way of greatness. Remember, we just said that. Take up your cross, the way of greatness. Now, lastly, what we're going to talk about here is this. This is so important. We're going to talk about this learning to serve. Now, let's go. Verse 32. Let's look at this together. We'll finish up here and then we'll let you go. This all happened. This is all happening. I want you to see this. Perspective. This is all happening when Jesus knows that he is going to the cross. It didn't stop him from teaching. It didn't stop him from his mission. I mean, what would we do if we knew that once we end? We, I mean, at the end of this road is a cross that is waiting for me. What would you do at the end of that road? There's a cross waiting for you. Would you change the way you act? Would you change the way you talk? Wow, what would we do? Think about it. But then let's go on. Verse 32. Again, this is the third time. Everybody say third time. Now they were on the road going to Jerusalem. And Jesus was going before them. They were amazed. As they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the 12 aside again. Notice again. And began to tell them the things that would happen to him. This is all leading up to the cross. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed. The chief priests and the scribes, they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. Wow, it's the third time. He's preparing them, trying to help them to see what was going to take place. But even in the midst of that, even in the midst of everything that's going on, I want you to understand he's teaching them about serving. Everybody say serving. Serving. Notice this here. I'm going to read just a little bit of it, and and then we'll pick up at another piece I want you to see. Greatness is serving. Don't ever forget that. Greatness is serving. Then James and John, notice this, the sons of Zebedee, verse 35, they came to him saying, teacher, we want you to do, listen, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. 
In other words, can you do this for us? He's like, well, what is it? He said to them, what do you want me to do? Then verse 37, here's what they said. They said to him, grant us the way, listen, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in glory. Now, come on now. Woo, man, that's, a, that's something else. We're asking him. But Jesus, notice how he responded. So kind, as he always is. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drank and be baptized with the baptism that I'm to be baptized with? They said to him, notice, we are able. Come on, really? I mean, okay. So, all right, okay. So what Jesus said then, he says, oh, yeah. He said, indeed. He says, yes. Will, he said, you will indeed drink the cup that I drank. And with the baptism, I am baptized with you and you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it is prepared. Notice this. Go down to verse 43. Yet it, sh- it says, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great. Everybody say great. great. And this is where I think we miss it in life, in our lives. I want to be great. Don't you want to be great? There's nothing wrong with being great. But notice the, the responsibility or requirements. It says this. Whoever desires to be great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all or the servant of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This is on the way to the cross as Jesus is teaching. But I I couldn't resist to share this last part with you. Are you ready? Listen. Now we're going to see as he's on his way to the cross. Oh, you've got to look at this. Look with me here at verse 46, the same chapter, verse 46. Notice this. I love it. Jesus heals a blind man. Now, not only is he teaching about serving, is he teaching about greatness? Is he letting them know what's going to happen? He still takes the time to continue to do what God the Father has called him to do. Just because he knew the cross was ahead of him, but that did not deter him from feeling the master plan that God had called him to do. Now, there's healing about to take place. Do you see that? It says here, Bartimaeus, notice this. Now, they came to Jericho. They're in Jericho now. And as they went out of Jericho with his disciples, it says a great multitude. Say multitude. multitude. Can you see this? There's a, I mean, there's a great multitude of people following Jesus. And when they're following him, and then all of a sudden the Bible tells us, notice this, as he went out of Jericho and disciples, a great multitude following, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. So let's see the picture here. Here's a man that's sitting on the side of the road. He's hearing all the commotion, if you will. I mean, and this big crowd is walking by. He can't see him, but he's hearing him. He's hearing him. And then look what happens. He continues to go on and it says this. And when he heard, say heard. Oh, come on now. This is important. I don't want you to miss this. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, listen, or when he heard that Jesus was passing by, glory to God, notice this. It says right here, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. What did he say? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And know what they tried to do? They said, man, you're making too much noise. Be quiet. Don't bother the master. He doesn't have time for you. This was is, this is the disciples. Wow. Jesus was teaching them. Listen, on the way to the cross, he was still teaching them. 
He was teaching them about humility. He was teaching them about faith. He was teaching them about being great. He was teaching them about being a servant. And notice what happened on the way to the cross. What happened with the children? When Jesus said, bring the children to me, what happened? What did the disciples do? They were saying, no, don't bring them. Amazing. But he's still teaching. Then what happened here? He's still on his way, listen, to the cross. And he's still teaching. And then here's a blind man that's crying out to Jesus. Have mercy on me, son of David. He doesn't say one time. He said it twice. Have mercy on me. Be quiet. Don't bother the master. Shh. That's what he's saying. But then Jesus heard that cry. And I submit to you that when you cry out to God, when you cry out earnestly and you want God to move on your behalf, God will hear you. Don't think that he'll not hear you. Don't think that he'll not reach out and touch you. Don't think that he'll not minister to your need. But we have to cry out to God and believe God what he said in his word. Man, let's go on. And then you see what happened here. Then he cried out the more. And he cried out the more. Verse 49. Notice, I love this. When he cried out, Jesus stood still. In other words, he's moving, man. He's going through. He said, listen, he said on that way to the cross. And then Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, said something. There was something in what he said, was it? Was there something in how he said it? What was it? But it caught Jesus' attention. And he stood still. Stopped him in his tracks. And he turned around. When you and I say something and the way we say it and we cry out to God and we say it, listen, we want to be able to say it so that God, listen, so that Jesus does what? He stops in his tracks and says, what do you need? Oh, glory to God. What do you need? And he says here, all right, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Come on. Isn't that amazing? After every time, what did Jesus do? Kindly, he corrected them. Did he not? Think about this with the children. What do you do kindly? He corrected them. Bring them to me. Kindly. He corrected them again. What? No, bring him to me. Because this is what ministry is all about, people. And he's teaching them even on his way to the cross. Right before the cross, he's still teaching them about serving, about helping, about ministering, about, about just being a blessing. He says, bring him to me. And then he says this. Then they called the blind man saying, to him, be of good cheer, rise. He's calling you. And throw and listen, listen, and throwing aside his garment. I mean, he gets up, throws aside his garment. And so Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Oh, glory to God. Man, when we can get to a place and we trust God and believe God, we begin to cry out. And Jesus said to you, He said to you, What do you want me to do for you? Oh man, come on, somebody. What do you want me? And what did the blind man say? He said, I want to see. That's all he said. What did Jesus do? Notice, it wasn't like this big fanfare and all this went on. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, he says that I might receive my sight. Notice what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Yes. Just go. So what was it? What kind of cry was that? I mean, he didn't even lay hands on him. That's not what it says here. Come on. Now, the one with the issue of blood, she touched him of his garment. But all he said was, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. What faith? Where was faith? When he cried out. When he cried out to Jesus. When he said, 
Listen, son of David. Come on. I mean, look at this here. He cried. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. When he cried out, he was crying out in faith and believing God to touch him and to minister to him. Let me tell you something. On the way to the cross, Jesus did not stop ministering. On the way to the cross, he was still about the father's business. And I say to you, no matter what you're go- what's going on in your life, stay with the plan of God. Stay with the father's business. It doesn't matter how things look. It doesn't matter if it seems like it's getting worse. You stay with the plan of God. It's easy to stay when things look great. But what do we do when things don't look so great? Stay with the plan of God. Remember, Jesus was on the way to the cross. You have to carry your cross. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity just to speak.